God is up to something amazing. God is up to something amazing. Um, before we get into the sermon today, I, I wanted to invite us, uh, we're going to stand right now, and uh, we're going to share in the Apostles' Creed together. So get your exercise, stand up right now. And why do we do this? We do this because what we believe matters, and a creed is a statement of belief, and this is really what we believe about the Christian faith. So let's share in this together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived in the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Now, before you're seated, look at somebody next to you and say, Pastor John doesn't know what he's talking about. You look good today. You tell him that. You tell him that. You see how I got myself out of the doghouse on that one? That was, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Friends, we are in this sermon series about what we believe matters. What we believe matters really means everything because what we believe influences what we do. And what we do influences how we live. And how we live influences our view of the world, our view of others, and our view of who God is, our view of who the church is, an understanding of the nature and the role of the Holy Spirit, who Jesus is, what role Scripture plays in our life. And we've been living in this sermon series talking about these essential beliefs, these essential beliefs. And today I want to talk to you about the pursuit of holiness, the holiness of God. And it really is at the heart of what Methodism is. If you were to ask somebody what Methodism is, it really can be described in a few short phrases. Methodism is a holiness of heart and life. Wesleyan Methodism is to spread scriptural holiness throughout the land. Have you ever heard that phrase before? To spread scriptural holiness throughout the land? That was the purpose of the very first Methodists that gathered at Oxford University when John and Charles Wesley were starting this, this group of, of, of people who were so methodical in their belief in God and the way that they were going to care for each other's beliefs that they were called Methodists. Methodists, it was actually a derogatory term that later is now revered and we use in a positive way. Now, friends, the reason why this is so important is because we live in a culture where there is a doctrine of happiness and not a doctrine of holiness. Now, the doctrine of happiness says is that as long as you're not hurting anyone, go ahead and do whatever makes you happy. And I'm going to do what makes me happy. You're going to do what you, makes you happy. You go and do what you do. You ever, you ever hear that phrase? Just go do and do what you do. It's nobody else's business. Don't judge me on how I live. I'm not going to judge you on how you live because I'm just going to go ahead and do what makes me happy. You do what makes you happy. You go and do you. I'll go and do me. Now, the only problem with that doctrine is that over the course of our lives on the planet Earth, is that it has been well known, and even today sometimes, people doing all kinds of things to hurt themselves and hurt other people around them in the name of happiness, in the name of happiness. 
We do a lot of dumb things in the name of happiness. We, 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 we do a lot of stupid things in the name of happiness, and it's not necessarily a good thing. That's why you will never see in Scripture God saying, I came to make you happy. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't exist in Scripture. It's just not there. And therefore, because of this doctrine of happiness, we live in a culture where it's wrong to say something is wrong. And it can be tempting as a church and for preachers to soften the gospel, a gospel devoid of sin, devoid of our need to be redemption, uh, uh, need to be redeemed in the redemptive power of God in order to reach the next generation or accommodate all beliefs or all practices, all lifestyle choices. You see, because we're all on a quest for what makes us happy. And you can't tell me anything differently in my life because what I believe makes me happy is what I believe. And it's a difficult conversation and challenging place to be because God does not want you happy. God wants you holy. God wants you blessed. He wants you filled with joy. But he is going to accomplish that by making you holy. God wants you holy, and he wants you to honor him in everything that you do in every way that you live. In 1 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says, Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have when you lived in ignorance. Now, friends, I want to share with you for a moment. I want you to highlight that, underline that, lived in ignorance. If you're following along in your notes, you've got your Bible open, you're on the YouVersion Bible app, mark that, lived in ignorance. Now, I'm going to tell you, after today's sermon, none of you can claim to live in ignorance anymore because you are hearing the Word of God. You're hearing the true nature of sin and our need for redemption purchased on the cross of Jesus Christ for you and for me. Friends, we don't get a chance to claim ignorance anymore because God is not only educating us with his word, he's transforming us with his very presence in our lives. So he said, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Christ Jesus is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. We know better than to continue to live in those evil desires. But just as he who called you is holy, he who, who is he who called you? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, right? But he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be happy because I am holy. No, it's not written that way. Be holy because I am holy. You see, God wants you holy. It's, it's the doctrine of holiness that is one of the essentials of the Christian faith. You see, the beauty of God's amazing grace and his love in Jesus Christ given to you and to me in the power of his Holy Spirit is that he is working in you to transform your life from other than this world, to now become the likeness of a holy God, to shed the former things and the former ways and the desires of the flesh and now live in this calling of God, a calling to be holy, and, and desiring to conform to the holy image of God. It's a, it's a brand new life. It's a brand new calling. And because he is holy, he wants the very same thing for you and for me, and he doesn't want anything less than the very best for you and for me. And so that's because who he is, that's what he desires for his creation to be. And holiness is not about being holier than thou. It's not about casting judgment on other people. It's also not about living in shame and condemnation. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But holiness is simply living in sync with God. Holiness is living in sync with God. Many of our struggles and conflicts in this life, if we're honest, 
Many of our broken moments, our confusions, our conflicts, our struggles, our struggles in relationships, our struggle with money, uh, our, our struggle in frustrations, with anxiety, with fear, worry, many of the struggles and conflicts that we experience in this life, if we're honest, is because we're living out of step with the rhythm of a holy God. And the Holy Spirit is tugging. He's pulling at us with the conviction to live a holy life. Now you say, well, I can't wait to get to the holy life in heaven someday. Yes, Jesus is including the internal perspective that he has a place prepared for us, and someday we're going to live in heaven with him for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ. But he's talking about living a holy and abundant life here on earth, that he's come to give us life and a life to its very fullest, to have an incredible, abundant, holy, spirit-filled life on this earth before we get to heaven someday. Galatians chapter 5 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever it is you want to do. Paul would say in some of his uh, epistles that he wrote, is that he says, listen, uh, the flesh in me wants me to do the things I don't want to do, and the flesh in me uh, causes me to not do the things I know that I should do. O wretched soul that I am, come save this body of sin. And that's his cry and plea to God, right? So they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever makes you happy. You are not to do whatever it is you want to do. You are not to just go ahead and do you, whatever that is defined to be, and for you to tell somebody else, you just go ahead and do whatever you do to do you. No, we don't live in that way. Since we live by the Spirit, we're going to keep in step with what the Spirit is bringing into our life. Now, many of us feel like it's a heavy burden to live holy as God is holy. That's a big deal. That's, that's so difficult to do. But here's the good news. As you grow in God, we experience his power in us to enable and encourage us to walk in sync with him. It is his spirit living inside of us that gives us the guidance and, and, and the discernment to keep in step with God's will and his ways so that we can be made complete in Christ perfectly in love for God, for neighbor, for stranger, and for all other people. And that's the journey here at Rolling Plains Church of coming, connecting, growing, and going. It's it's the call to growth. It's the call to maturing in the righteousness of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that journey, by the way, the journey of holiness in God, it starts and begins with repentance. It starts and begins with repentance to be convinced of and convicted of the fact that we have sin in our life. And what follows is a genuine remorse and a sorrowfulness for our sin. And we, re- we, we accept God's grace and what Jesus did for us on the cross, and it causes us to confess that sin back to him because we've been justified. That's what Christ did on the cross for us. He justified us and made us right and aligned us with God. Justification is what God did for us on the cross in Jesus Christ. Sanctification, another church term, is what God does in us. Sanctification is a process of making us over to be like him. It's the cleansing process. It's cleaning things up in our life. It's it's the removal of sin in our life to be holy as he is holy. It's God's love in action in our life. Friends, we do not just stop at being justified. We don't just stop at being saved. We are given newness of life. We are no longer dominated by this sin and conformity to our culture, but we are sanctified and set apart as God's holy people. Friends, I discovered something in January. 
I got a $10 gift certificate to Be Clean Car Wash. If you need a car wash or a good slice of pizza, you come to Zanesville because you got plenty of those on both sides of town, don't you? We talked about the pizza thing last week. We're going to talk about the car wash thing this week. I was introduced to the car wash. I was introduced to unlimited car washes because not only did I get a $10 gift certificate, I also got $10 off because they had a promotional going on. And so the $40 be all you can be, uh, be clean experience over there, where you, you drive through and you go through a disco concert mixed with, a, a, with, with bath time for your car. I mean, there's lights flashing and going on. you got things flying at you on both sides coming over the car. I mean, you, 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 you feel like not only your car is clean, but you walk out feeling a little cleaner yourself, don't you? I mean, you just feel like that thing just got every nook and cranny of your car blasted underneath. And, and I, start, I asked, I said, well, how much is a single wash? He says, well, it's like 20 bucks. I said, well, how much is... Well, for $30, you can, you can get unlimited car washes. So, so, so the first day the first day that I signed up for this deal, it took me a while to figure it out. I went through the first time. And then I, I decided, well, since he came out and got the sticker on my car, I said, well, I better just go ahead and go through again just to make sure I got that right. And then when I started noticing about a couple hours later is when I drove off, I started noticing some spots on my truck like, you know, Listen, I've got a truck that's got 220,000 miles on it. It's got erosion and rot underneath and starting up, and it's, it's 2014. It's, it's one of those things like it's under 10K, and you don't really worry about getting it washed kind of thing. But all of a sudden, I started noticing some spots and some dirt on the, the truck. Even after I got it washed, you know what I did that day? I took it back for a third time. It's paid for, right? It's paid for. And what I noticed is just because I went to the car wash doesn't mean I'm going to come away smelling squeaky clean for the next seven days. No, things are going to get dirty. And I started knowing the spots. And, and all of a sudden, I've, I've become kind of prudish about my truck. I'm like, well, I got, I got a spot on there. Guess what I do? Well, I'm going to the car wash because it's paid for. I'm getting that spot off of there. I'm not tolerating spots on my truck because it's paid for. Friends, I think you know where I'm about to go with this. Because I want to tell you something. There's something really expensive out there, something that we can't even purchase on our own. And it's been paid for. It's been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, washed over your life. And if I'm not going to tolerate a single spot on my truck, why would I tolerate a single spot of stain of sin in my life? Why is it as Christ followers do we tolerate sin when it's paid for? When we have access to the grace of God, when we got the love of God in Jesus Christ in our life. Oh, wretched bodies that we are, why do we tolerate sin any longer? Because we are dead to sin, the Bible says, and we are alive in Jesus Christ. And therefore, if I got sin in my life, I'm going to get it washed off at the cross of Christ, friends. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but right now, God and I, we're gonna deal with this. And you don't even have to travel to the Holy Spirit-filled car wash. You, you, you got the Holy Spirit right inside of you. And you just deal with it with God and let him deal with you. And you praise the psalmist did. Oh, oh God, would you search me for, for anything inside of me that does not honor you? And whenever we see something like that, we're going to go and we're going to get it cleaned up because we're not living in this body of sin anymore, friends. See, sanctification is to be set apart as God's holy people, removed from the darkness of the world, consecrated to God as a love offering. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. I don't want a truck that experiences the salts of the road and the salts of the road get underneath the undercarriage and start rotting it from the inside out and all of a sudden it starts to fall apart on me, friends. And so why would we allow a speck of sin in our life which if we allow it to sit and settle will only grow in us and start rotting us from the inside out, friends, to the point where we no longer resemble the very person we've committed ourselves to in God and Jesus Christ. We've got to deal with it here and now. We are called to leave the patterns of this world behind, to go on to a new life of transforming power of the Holy Spirit of God in Jesus Christ and, and, and go on to please God, living for his goodwill in perfect love. This is the call on, on, on those who believe in Jesus Christ. Friends, we are no longer ignorant as, as today is concerned. We can no longer claim ignorance. God wants to do something inside of you. He wants to clean you from the inside out, through and through, so that we experience God's good, perfect, and pleasing will for his followers, knowing that it is a life beyond just salvation and justification, but it is the expected journey of all who are born of God in Christ Jesus is a life of holy love, a life of holy love. Our response to God's sacrifice, sacrificial grace is to recognize all that's out of step with God. Lord God created me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit in me. Search me for anything in you that dishonors you, Lord God. That's our response to God, is to recognize all that's out of step with his will and his image in us. And to be delivered by his grace. Because in the power of the risen Christ, we have the promise of victory over sin and the devil. And we are redeemed in the blood of the Lamb. It is paid for. It is paid for. That weekend I went to the car wash three times that first day. I went back again on Sunday, and that was Friday. I had four times in three days. I think I might be rubbing the clear coat off the, off the truck right now. I don't, I don't know. I've been back so much. And I just can't get it out of my system. I, I mean, I, maybe I've become obsessive about this. Pray for your pastor. I, I don't know, right? But I, I just can't tolerate a spot on my truck anymore. Now, now don't, don't, don't get me wrong. This pastor can't afford 12 months worth of car washes. I mean, this is just for the month of January. We'll see about February, but it may not be going past that, okay? But, but to illustrate the point, friends, why do we tolerate anything less than the glory of God and his holiness in our life, friends? We were meant for so much more. And when we see it in our life, why don't we look at it and say, that's been paid for. And I'm going to go get it cleaned off. I'm going to get back to the throne of God all over again, and I'm going to say, God, I want this out of my life and to be delivered by his grace all over again. Friends, we can pursue holiness to the fullness of a perfect love for God and a perfect love for other people. Loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And by the way, when you take on more of the holy character of our God, you'll start liking yourself better. Because some of the problems that we have in the way that we deal with other people, and I know I battle this from time to time, is that the enemy gets in there and he piles on shame and condemnation in your life because you got sin in your life that you haven't dealt with with God. God does not speak in shame and condemnation, but you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to deal with you, so all of a sudden you don't like yourself very well. It's hard to like other people when you don't like yourself. That's why the Bible says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's not about self-righteousness and conceited love for yourself that develops a love for others. No, it's loving you and seeing yourself as God sees you, because then all of a sudden, if you can see yourself as God sees you, you can start to see your neighbor as God sees them. And it starts with the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit of God. It's paid for, friends. Why would we tolerate a spot of sin in our life? We are redeemed in the blood of the Lamb. 
redeemed in the blood of the Lamb. And we live to express the love of God in a way that shapes our world into the image of a holy God. Together as the body of Christ, as the church, we are to be a clear demonstration of light in a dark world and holiness in a dark and unholy place with definitive purpose of spreading scriptural holiness throughout the land. That's our purpose as a church, to spread scriptural holiness throughout the land, to win souls, to baptize, and to make disciples as God calls us to in the Great Commission. In 1 Peter, the Bible says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a happy people. No, it says you're a holy nation. That's how God describes you, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. You see, the journey of holiness is not just personal. No, in Methodism, Wesleyan Methodism, the, the, the call to holiness is a social call. It's a call to social holiness. John Wesley would say about the gospel of Jesus Christ that, that, that he knows no religion but social, no holiness but social. The idea that a Christ follower can treat church as optional is not an idea that originated somewhere from God and God's word. It's something we've developed along the way. Friends, we can't grow in holiness apart from community. We can't grow in holiness without others that are essential for our growth. That's why Wesley, his brother Charles, and John, they started class meetings and band meetings, which today are considered modern-day life group experiences. Christianity is not a solitary religion, but a social one, loving neighbor, helping people with the abundant life. It's a journey of holiness that compels, compels us to take action and to confront social injustice because people matter to God, they ought to matter to us. See, holiness starts to take over our lens in the way that we view life and the world. In Isaiah, the Bible says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Friends, in pursuing holiness, Wesleyan Methodists over decades and decades have battled things like slavery, dealt with better working conditions, battled and addressed poverty, uh, dealt with prison reform, substance abuse, human trafficking, gender equality with women's rights, educational uh, opportunities, de dealt with addiction and disasters and health care crises and deeds. Friends, it is a general spirit of liberation that sets the oppressed free and, and deals with the least, the last, and the lost as the priority of life that God calls us to as a result of the Holy Spirit inside of us, friends. In the journey of sanctification, personal and social holiness, they go hand in hand. Uh, so friends, here, here's three quick thoughts and we'll wrap things up here. How then do we live? How, how then do we live? Number one, we need to continue to live by exercising our faith daily. Exercising your faith daily. The one who saves is the one who sanctifies. Start every day giving it to the Lord and allow his grace and love to wash over how we live that day. So you're starting, you're starting in the Holy Spirit wash that morning. When you wake up, you're saying, God, I'm determined to live for you today. Would you, would you go ahead and reveal any unrighteous spirit inside of me, anything that doesn't honor you? And I, I want to deal with that at the moment. In that moment, we're going to get that cleaned up today. And, and, and Lord God, would you help me to love you more and to love people more today as I step out into this world? And we're going to allow that grace to watch over, wash over our life every single day. And the result of living in God's power and grace daily and the pursuit of holiness will be visible fruit. I got to tell you, no, the, tr the truck does come out shining pretty good. You know, that, 
That thing is, what, nine years old now, 212,000 miles, and it still looks decent. Just don't look underneath it. It's it's starting starting to rot. Rockers are going, right? The cab corners are starting to go. That's what happens, right, in that moment. But but I'm just I'm just I'm just not gonna let us you know if I'm paying for it if it's been paid for I'm not gonna let a spot on that thing friends and so here's the fruits right but the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control against such things there is no law those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires what have we done with the flesh we've crucified it why because Jesus died. And when Jesus died on the cross and he was risen from the dead, he, we achieved victory. It's been bought and paid for. Why would we tolerate anything less? It's been paid for. A life living in the power of the Holy Spirit and transformed by the flesh and transformed from this world, living for a holy God, will have these kind of fruits as evidence, friends. If you want more patience, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. If you want to treat your spouse better, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. If you want to be better at parenting, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. If, if you want to be better at your job, better on the roads, if you want to be better with finances, keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let these characteristics be a part of your life. So first and foremost, exercise your faith daily. How do we then live? Secondly, keep pursuing freedom from sin. God made gracious provision for us and is called to holiness, friends. And we have the full measure of the Spirit of God in us with the power of sanctifying grace that gives us power over sin. Therefore, we don't need to any longer live in sin. You don't have to live in sin. You don't have to commit sin because sin has no power over us. It's been paid for. It's been crucified. So because it's been crucified, we're crucifying the flesh in us with its passions and desires. Christ's resurrection defeated death and defeated sin in us. There is no sin that the blood of Christ can't redeem us from. And because of that, we hate sin. We don't hate people, but we hate sin. We don't judge others because we hate the sin in our own life. And by the way, friends, let's make sure that we're not working to pick the spots off of the body of other people, and the body of the car, but the, off of other people when we got a plank sticking out of our own eye, Right? This is not what this is about. We're not here to fix everybody else, right? God's starting with us. He's talking about the man or woman in the mirror. And when you see a spot of sin, you're taking that to God. You're not tolerating it anymore in your own life, right? But at the same time, love doesn't tell people that as long as you're happy, go on sinning. Love also doesn't affirm things that are outside of the nature of God's love and character, Paul would say, may it never be in the book of Romans multiple times that just because we have the grace of God, we can go on living however we want to live and experience more grace. He would say, may it never be. Love leads us out of sin. We don't encourage sin. We don't support sin. We don't celebrate sin. But we don't judge. We don't condemn, friends. This is not what this is about. We experience the grace of love in Jesus Christ in our life and encourage others to do the same. Romans chapter 6, in the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in God and Jesus Christ. Friends, can you say today that you count yourself as dead to sin? Can you declare today that I am dead to sin? What, what does that mean when somebody says, I'm dead to you? You ever heard somebody talk to, about their relatives that way? Or, I'm sorry, you're dead to me. I think that's the way that it goes. You know, I, I've got nothing to do with you anymore. I don't want you in my life. I, I, I thank God that I have never had to utter those words, and I, don't, I, I pray that I, I never will. 
because I, I think there's some sin in that uh, to any of my friends or family or relatives, but we've heard that term before, right? You're dead to me. That means you no longer have a place in my life. Friends, what if you decided today you were going to look at the sin in your life, you were going to look at the devil today and say, you're dead to me. You've got no place in my life anymore. You have no authority anymore because I've been bought and paid for. And if I've been bought and paid for, I'm going to get cleaned up right now. I'm going to get cleaned up right now. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in God and Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. Friends, are we going to allow willful sin in our life? What's the answer? No. Why? Because it's God's word. He's got a better plan for you than living in sin. We're not going to live willfully in sin. We're not going to allow it to reign in our mortal bodies. And therefore, we can't allow a single speck to go unnoticed in our life because guess what a speck turns into? It turns into a spot. Then it gets on the undercarriage, and the, and the spot turns into a big problem. And all of a sudden, it kind of, you ever hear someone say that the rust is already popping out of your fender well in your, in your car? And you're like, what are you talking about? I, I still see paint there, but it's like bubbling up. You ever see that when the paint starts to bubble up? What they say is by that time it's already too late. The rust is going to start popping through. That's happening on the cab corners of my truck. The guy looked at it and he says, oh, those, 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 uh, those cab corners are done. I said, what are you talking about? I still got paint out there. Oh, they're bubbling up. And sure enough, that paint's come off and there's rust behind it. And we can do all we can do right now in that moment to try to prevent, uh, to try to prevent it, but it's already done. It's already gone. Friends, if we allow sin to go long enough in our life, it will rot us from the inside out, and we might think we're looking good on the outside, but meanwhile, we're allowing the enemy to have his way on the inside, and God says, that ain't no way to live. I've got a better plan for you. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. We're not going to allow rust to reign on the bodies of our vehicles, and we're not going to allow sin to reign in the mortal bodies of our life so that we would obey its evil desires. In, in Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit we have been set free from the yoke of sin and slavery with the power to be able to overcome the lures of temptation. And so what are we going to do? How are we going to live? We're going to exercise our faith daily. We're going to keep pursuing freedom from sin. And thirdly, we're going to be willing to be equipped for ministry. To live in the sanctifying grace of Jesus Christ is to be consecrated and set apart to be able to serve God. A holy life is a life handed over to God to be used for his incredible purposes, giving our time and talents and resources and treasures to bless other people by being developed and, and grown by, other, uh, by others, joining together in faith as a community and a body of Christ in the world, to be present together with seeing eyes and speaking voices and, and holy hands of Christ among the broken and the oppressed and the widow and the orphan and the poor and the addicted and the lonely and the desperate and the suffering. Friends, we are the body, and because we're the body of Christ, it means we're a living organism of God's grace and hope and love to the world with the Spirit of God blowing through the doors that not even the, the gates of hell can prevail against, friends. And when you got the Holy Spirit inside of you and you've been given over even the smallest specks of sin in your life to God and, and you've been growing and maturing, all of a sudden you're ready to tackle hell with a water pistol. Am I talking to some of the right people here today? Is that us? Can that be said of us? Can we stand here today and you say, you know what, Satan, sin, you are dead to me because Christ was raised from the dead, friends. I, I've been bought and paid for. It's been paid for, friends. So let us strive to be God's holy people set apart as light and love in our world who every moment depends on the power of God and what Christ did for us on the cross in justifying us 
and relies every single day on what he's doing in us to sanctify us onto a holy life, to be holy as God is holy. That's who he is, and that's what he wants for us. Action steps, and we're done. Number one, repent of your sins. Repent of your sins. We're not not tolerating sin anymore in our life. We are going to be intolerant of sin in our life. Not worried about others right now. We're worried about ourselves. Repent of your sins before God, even the smallest piece. Number two, pray for God to fill you with his spirit of power. God, I need to be reminded of your Holy Spirit power that's already, I have access to. The Bible says that we have access to the full measure of the fullness of God, and Paul's prayer for the Ephesians that he shares that with is that they would desire the full measure of the fullness of God. And friends, is that what we desire as well? If, if we do so, then we have all that we need to, to battle this erosion, this rotting away of our bodies, our mortal bodies in the flesh, and, and, and to hold on and keep in step in sync with the Spirit of the living God to be able to do that. Number three, find a place to serve in the body. Find a place to serve in the body. Start noticing all these wonderful people out here at Hebrews Cafe or people that serve at the doors or at the information desk or next week, people that are going to be serving you communion or, or people that are going to get a chance to show up and, and work on Thursday nights and, and help with fusion or Thursday mornings with our youth or, or whatever it might be and say, I want to be a part of that. They're, 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 what, what an amazing thing. You see, what happens is you got, you got to do a first serve thing. Those of you that aren't connected in the body and serving yet or outside the body serving yet, you got to come to this, this, this weekend's rice pack. And, and, and if you sign up for two and a half hours, you haven't, you haven't like written in blood that you're going to be serving every day for the next three years, right? You just, you committed the two and a half hours. And then in that two and a half hours, guess what happens when you're done? You're like, this is kind of cool. What have I been missing out on? Maybe I will get involved in greeting on Sunday morning. I will get involved in helping in the office, and I, I might help fold newsletters or put bulletins together or work up in the sound booth or, or whatever it might be, because this is awesome. I mean, I've been missing this in my life, so you've got to get that first serve in there. You've got to step into that opportunity to serve and see what God does. So find a place to serve in the body. Fourth, pray for revival. Pray for revival and renewal. Watch the Holy Spirit blow through this place when every single person in this church decides we're no longer tolerating sin in our life. And we're, gonna, we're just going to get that washed off of our life every time it appears. And then I'm just going to add a fifth one here. Friends, God wants to invite you to get a lifetime membership of the Holy Spirit cleansing of your life because it's been bought and paid for. It's been bought and paid for. And why would we desire anything less in our life because of the grace and the love of God and Jesus Christ given for each of us, friends? There's no shame. It's not condemnation. We're not here to straighten everybody else out. God wants to start with us, and he wants us to declare that, that sin, we are, that, that you are dead to us. Enemy, Satan, you are dead to us, that we are dead to sin. It's been crucified in the flesh. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We pray in the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that for each and every one of us, we would take a moment to honestly evaluate before you, God, that you would reveal sin in us in any, any measure, way, shape, or form, Lord God, that you would begin a renewal process as we confess it before you, as, 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 as you show it to us. And, and when we do, Lord God, that we would just come to you and say, Lord God, help, help to rid that from this mortal body. And Lord, as we do that, would you just guide us and lead us in all ways and, and, and show us all over again your loving grace and, and your love and, and your truth for us, Lord God. 
And Lord, may it start with us, the speck that's in our own eye, the spot that's on us, and, and not worry about the plank in somebody else's eye. But Lord God, would you also allow us to love people enough to not nod our heads when, they, when, they, when they're describing, you know, living in a way that's doing harm to them or, or to somebody else and say, oh, that's okay, as long as it makes you happy. Lord God, may we have the courage and strength to love people and not lie to people. And Lord God, may you give us the wisdom to be able to speak into people's lives and, and, and to help direct each other, not, not just them, but us too in this relationship, to direct one another, Lord God, to, a, to keep in step with your Holy Spirit, to live this better life that you've come, to express to all people the access that all of us have to the full measure of the fullness of all that you have to offer us, God. And so that together we can, we can live in loving unity, loving people, and, and caring for large crises, both in our homes and abroad, Lord God. And then we can battle issues of, of, uh, of social struggle, challenges, because of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Lord, guide us and lead us this week as a church. Give us an incredible weekend of packing 70,000 meals and Lord God, we know it's going to go to change those lives, but would you change our lives in the process, Lord God? We pray all this, and we put it into your hands, and we say amen. Amen. Friends, I want to invite you to stand for this closing song, and when we do that, the altar area is open. One of the best ways we can rid this body of sin is to take a step closer to God in faith, and that's really what the altar is. It's an opportunity for us to step forward and, and, and to just spend some time alone with God and to say, God, here I am. All that I have is yours, every part of my life and allow him to do a new work in you. And if you want some prayer, our prayer team will be up here. They'll pray with you. Uh, if not, you can just spend some time by yourself. Um, maybe you just want to come forward and praise God, raise holy hands for our work that he's doing in your life, friends. Let's spend some time singing. Let's spend some time praying together.